Hello and welcome to Ruta Cosmic Wisdom. I'm Amy. And I'm Alexis. We chat about astrology, archetypes, and spirituality, exploring how these and more can be woven into the day-to-day energy of life. So we'd like to invite you to settle into your body and join us. Right, as the dog thundered <laughs> the room to open up our solstice Yule grand conjunction. <laughs> Little drop it in and bring it down for everyone. Yeah, because there's so much. Like this weekend, the weekend of the solstice is really loaded. And the solstice is every year is a significant turning point, right? It's when we're moving depending on where you are in the world, but we're going to be talking about the winter solstice mainly, but we're moving in towards the light, right? We're moving into from either the shortest or the longest day. So wherever you are, it's a transition point. And so that alone is a big shift that we go through every year. But on top of it, we have this solstice is um, along with it is the conjunction, the great conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter. And they're going to be in the sky, you can actually see them if it's a clear night. I'm hoping for a clear night, but the closest, the closest they've been in like 800 years. Um, so it's pretty significant. And we were chatting a little bit about how this is, it's birthing the new, right? Because they're also starting a new 200 year cycle in the sign of Aquarius in air. They've been meeting in earth signs for 200 years. They meet about every 20 years. But now they're moving into a new cycle. This hasn't happened in 200 years of air, which when I think of air, it's like looking at things from a new perspective, especially the Aquarius air, right? Um, And so we were talking about this birthing the new, like Aquarius is looking at things from a new perspective and kind of that bringing in a spirit, quality of spirit, right? But there's also this connection to, because the great conjunction is associated with the star of Bethlehem or the Christmas star, this idea of birth. And you brought in very beautifully Isis, who I knew she was there, but once you said it and we looked at the chart, I'm like, oh yeah, Isis is conjunct this conjunction. So we have Jupiter, Saturn, and the asteroid Isis are all in early Aquarius within a few degrees of each other. And so maybe you can speak a little bit about Isis and how that ties in to this birthing of the new. Absolutely. I, Isis came in loud for me because a lot of this Jupiter Saturn energy, um, 2020 energy has felt like it is really focused on the sins of the father. Um, that sins of the patriarchal system and how it affects all of us and how Isis plays into that is a huge portion of her mythology is the Isis Osiris set triangle. Not only were they their siblings, but when I feel into both set, who's kind of more of the dark, messy, toxic masculine and into Osiris, who is that like, I am going to hold it and bring the love, very clean, high masculine, 
the dark masculine set came in and killed and dismembered Osiris. Spread him all over hell and back. That's just how it was. Um, and, and for those who may not be familiar with the myth, Isis and Osiris are consorts. So they were a couple, right? Husband and wife. And Set was Osiris's brother, right? Kind of like the, the evil brother. Jealous. Jealous. You have what I don't have and I'm going to take by force. Yes. Because I just simply want it. Mm-hmm. And I don't really want it. I just don't want you to have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and there's this feel with Isis. She, she went out into the world and using wisdom, using her deep knowing. So that's like where I pull like the palace Athena place into it because the asteroid Athena is, she's hanging out around this conjunction too. So we've got this high birthing mother energy, this shamanic healer energy of Isis pulling back and pulling in the parts of what it is to be in masculine energy. This isn't about male or female. This isn't about gender. This is about the principles of masculine energy and feminine energy. Isis pulling in all that is good and high and delicious and valuable about masculine energy and bringing it all back together, making it whole and healing it, supporting it, leading it forth into a new place. Osiris became this amazing underworld god that was worshipped from a point of you had to go through your tests with Osiris to pass through the stages of the underworld, to pass through the stages of the afterlife. Circling back, the one piece of Osiris that Isis had a little trouble finding was his phallus. So she crafted him a new lingam. Um, And with her magic, she was able to consciously conceive of Horus, this uh, archetypal avatar of the pharaohs, this light child. Um, And there's a, a piece of consciousness that comes with this shifting into the Aquarian energy Um, of how do we conceive with consciousness? How do we move through our thought process with consciousness around what we're thinking? Because that's a way of dreaming. Shamanically, that's, that's dreaming. What we think is our dreaming. What we think is the consciousness of our conception, our ideas, what we want to create and bring into the world. And Isis, through all of her magic, was able to consciously conceive with her dismembered husband and his phallus shaped out of mud, stone, clay, something like that. Yeah. A a child of light to move forward as a new 
higher vibration masculine. And I know, Alexis, you had said that oftentimes images of Isis and Horus were shifted or used as inspiration for images of Mother Mary and Christ. Yeah. Yeah, they're very much connected. And um, right, the images of Isis with Horus, you'll often see her holding him like the Virgin Mary and Christ and Black Madonna. And there's all those tie-ins. So this idea of birth and that this conjunction is associated with the birth of Christ and right, and Isis is involved and she's a big energy of mother, right? Amongst other things, she's super magical. And the piece I wanted to circle back around to also was the, she went and collected all of these pieces of Osiris right, all his dismembered parts. And it, the thing that was coming up for me was like collecting all of these parts of the masculine within ourselves too, but searching for and wanting them. Like she wanted to find all of them and she knew she had to find every piece. It wasn't like, I'm just gonna take the good pieces and I'm just gonna take these pieces. She was like, I need to find every single piece. And then when she couldn't find that last piece, she created it. And she knew she needed all of it. Like there was no, you know, picking and choosing. And so when we feel into the masculine, um, right? Like feminine and masculine, we need both. We need both in the world. And our masculine is our ability to act and to also hold ourselves and to be in the world and to have that kind of focus, right? And then the other piece that came in was palace when you were talking about like this, conscious conception and having thought and having our you know our thoughts are so important that palace is wisdom that's one of her things is is very much in the mental realm um and the other piece that was coming up that's really like kind of ties all of it together is when you mentioned the father piece so jupiter and saturn are son and father father and son right and also palace is the daughter of jupiter so there's this lineage piece too. And I mean, very loudly is that father son component, right? And so that masculine piece, um, just wanted to drop that in there because there's this, this beautiful lineage. How <laughs> we have this dynamic with these four archetypes of a father and a son. We have the mother archetype with Isis. And then we have the daughter of the sun with Pallas and Jupiter and their dynamic and the the faces that both the feminine and the masculine can take mm -hmm. that we we are not only daughters we are mothers and we are sisters and we are lovers and we are warriors and we are healers and shaman and all of the faces we, you know, I think about, we used to talk about like all of the different hats we wear, but that's a very superficial thing. Like these components of us are like our deep self, our deep ability to shift and be everything that we can be to open up our full spectrum, our full range. Yeah. 
because yeah the hats are like putting on different it's almost like a mask it's like that's a surface level like yeah we can play these parts but when you're being more authentic it's not like you're putting on a hat you're just being yourself and the different parts of you are opening up um yeah and when, then when we feel into where this is all happening it's an aquarius right which is like it's a revolutionary sign and it's an air sign so it's associated with the mental realm um and when we feel into you know we've already talked about this but just kind of like hitting it home again of that thinking in a new way and birthing the new thoughts and new perspective and jupiter he brings expansion so he's like think beyond what you could ever think yeah like like you have no idea right but the beautiful thing is saturn is there because we can just dream like super super big and not do nothing with it right but saturn is there and he's a ruler of aquarius so he's really home in aquarius of like yeah we're gonna like you know get stuff done he's he's kind of like the strict father who sometimes it can be like almost like if jupiter's super expanding saturn can feel constricting but it's not it's just i'm bringing this like we're going to make this happen right and depending on where we're at of course it can feel constricting but that idea of having both of them there is both that expanding thinking about things in a completely new way but having saturn of like let's think about how we can do this and then palace who's a strategist being like well like let's really make it happen right so there's a lot of elements coming in but they all feel really supportive in that you could just have jupiter and aquarius right and and that happens every so often every 12 years but to have saturn there and to have it happen in this new 200 year cycle and to have all the like all of these pieces right that we're talking about influence. yes all of it is like it's kind of like go time right and also to bring this down into like okay what is what does all of this mean like that's nice but like okay is there's a huge shift in us whether we know it or not whether we can see it because most likely we can't really see the full right like we're moving into a totally new space that we can't even see yet but we're moving through it right so it can feel whether we're aware of the shift or not like it can feel like a lot in our systems and so that reminder too of like we're going through big changes we're being pushed right like things that are happening in your life aren't to just annoy the crap out of you it's to push you right and to be like these are areas you need to look at a lot of people i've been talking to recently i'm just being pushed in all of these ways recently like it's just so loud and it's like yeah because we're getting ready to move into the new like you know like we have to kind of become aware and so in all of that being really gentle and supportive with yourself i've been saying this you know for the last week or two of like just like we're going through some big changes people right like <laughs> be gentle like give yourself time to integrate like whatever feels supportive to you we're all very different and that's another thing is like we all need very different things to nurture ourselves just check in and do those things because we're moving into a totally totally new place there's also um i was listening to rick levine and he dropped in just dropped in the reminder that Pluto is still sitting in Capricorn. Mm -hmm. And now that Pluto is no longer got Saturn being the constriction, 
that there is going to be a deep cleansing of everything that does not work to move for Pluto to be able to move into Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Pluto has to, he, he referred to it as a rotorooter. <laughs> He's got to get in there and get out all the stuff that does not work, that does not serve the highest good and the community of life. Aquarius is community. It's the quality-minded thinking. Um, the shadow side of Aquarius is hive mind. Um, so Pluto is going to spend the next essentially four years. I think he moves out right with our next presidential election cycle here in the United States. No pressure, people. Um, <laughs> and he's he is staying in there without the confines of Saturn to really clean out the rest of the mess of the sins of the father energy before he moves into the community minded, the new thought minded sign of Aquarius in four years. Right. Because we're very much in like, think about what a big shift 2020 was like 2020 Saturn and Jupiter came through and they're like, okay, like, here we go. But it's like, we've all known that, like, it's not going to just be like, a, oh, and it's over, right? So yeah, having Pluto there feels, of course, of course, there has to be that. Like he is, he represents transformation and evolution of the soul and like that deep, deep, deep work, right? And so him being there, like, yeah, of course, like there's, there needs to be someone to like clean it up because it's not like everything just shifts. And also, as you were saying that, so on the solstice, the sun moves into Capricorn. And I think it'll be interesting to see as the sun moves through, because the sun always illuminates and it, you know, every year it moves through, right? So like this time of year, it moves through Capricorn, but moving through Capricorn this time after 2020, after everything that's happened, illuminating and then hitting, I'd be really curious to see when it gets closer to Pluto, Mm -hmm. right? And when that kind of ignites, what will happen. And then also Mercury is moving into Capricorn this weekend. So, right. And the sun and Mercury often move close together and Mercury also hits his superior conjunction on Saturday on the, the 19th. So Mm -hmm. tomorrow we're recording this on the 18th, but right. There's always more going on. So even though we're shifting and we can all kind of feel, okay, there's a shift coming. There's still, the sun's going to be moving through Capricorn that happens every year. Mercury is going to be moving through Capricorn and he's about communication. And I like to say, like my analogy is he likes to hold a megaphone up to wherever he's at. Right. So like when he gets to Pluto, for example, like what's going to be the loud message there of what needs to be, you know, cleared up or seen or kind of that deep digging. And so, yeah. And it's a really great reminder that yes, this conjunction is, beautiful and it feels like a um like a welcomed shift after everything we've been through but it's not like okay everything's you know different now or everything's just all this aquarius or all this new there's still the the cleaning up the old and so i think that's a really beautiful thing to bring in and a reminder of like there's there's both aspects of it yes we're moving into the new but we can't forget where we came from Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, both and. Yeah. 
them both. Isn't Mars shifting out of his shadow here very shortly also? Yeah, I don't have the date for that. Um, but yeah, and Mars. Action. Yeah, like action. Mar speaking of Pluto and that you brought in Mars, there's just so much going on this weekend. Like this is we're all talking about a one weekend here. Is the <laughs> Mars square Pluto on the 20th, the day before the solstice, Mars squares Pluto, which is the third and final square. Right. And so these have been big aspects. Like that's a pretty big one that we've been working through these. And so they initially they their first square was in August. Then we had the second square in October. So now we're moving into this final piece. So this weekend just kind of eyes and ears open because often there's a clarity or that kind of that closing piece around these two. We talked about Pluto, who's about transformation, and he's that, you know, he's the dark god of the underworld. So like the deep hidden parts in our psyche with Mars, who, like you said, he's about action and he's fire and he's about like igniting and that spark of like, hey. So even thinking back, like what's what came up, you know, in August to be highlighted in October. And now there's this final piece. So like eyes and ears open this weekend because that's another piece to bring in Mars. Like he's, he's, you know, we haven't been talking about him as much because there's so much going on, but that's pretty huge. Like this is a huge aspect that I think has just got, gotten kind of lost with the great conjunction and everything else. It's yeah. uh, the picture that keeps coming. You were talking about um, Saturn having moved into this new place. And well, it's the picture that came up was like very, stiff Victorian clothes and a waltz shifting to like a very like intimate, our bodies are gonna touch like salsa. <laughs> like we're just, we're, we're shifting so much. Yeah. And there's gonna be stumbling blocks. Yeah. Because it's like, whoa, this is big. Yeah. Yeah, I love that analogy. <laughs> It just popped into my head, like watching these people in Victorian clothes try to like salsa, like, really salsa. Yeah, right. Like if you can imagine that, like, yeah, it's going to be a little awkward. Like there's probably going to be some like, you know, uncomfortable moments. Um, so yeah. yeah. Well, perfect. This is the uncomfortable moments of these Victorian, like a waltz is very comfortable. Right. This is my dance face and that's your dance face. Yeah, and it's very, I mean, not that salsa isn't, but there's, yeah, that's very like, like, you know, like hard lines and like, okay, this is where we're moving and it's beautiful, but salsa is very different and it's more intimate and more like, you know, that sensual piece. Yes, it's got that kind of yummy darkness to it. Yeah, well, but that's great. If that's what we're moving into, I'm like, all. Oh. I know, <laughs> we're all in. <laughs> Bring on the yummy darkness. <laughs> Salsa, great. Um, yeah. And then I think a last piece just to add with the solstice is um, one of the things that I'm gonna be working with is this great conjunction activation. And so if anyone wants to join me, if they catch this in time for um, around the 20th or 21st, I'm gonna be doing those activations. And it's gonna be working in both your astrology and the Akashic records. But the piece that I wanted to bring in was we're gonna be creating these 12 day practices. So, you know, 
the idea that solstice is 12 days and 13 nights, which brings us right to the beginning of January, feels like a really supportive practice. So whether you work with me and we create a really awesome practice through you know your astrology and the records, or if you're just like, oh, 12 days, okay, let me just, even if it's just like I'm lighting a candle and I'm just doing something for myself, I think that's been something I've been telling like everyone. It's like, just do something for 12 days. Just even if it's lighting a candle and just that kind of like, just tapping into self for 12 days, because like you said, it's such a big shift that if we can do like one thing that kind of like brings us home each day, like, okay, like I'm just going to do my candle thing. And, you know, there may be other practices and ritual that you bring in. Um, but that feels like a really supportive thing too, that I just wanted to like drop in of this. Um, yeah. 12 days and 13 nights. And I'm very excited for my activation, which yeah. is having we're doing our, our, we're doing mine tomorrow, aren't we? Yes, we are doing yours tomorrow. Yeah. I'm very excited for it. It's, it feels like a very supportive way to work with this energy because it's coming whether we like it or not. So my thing is always to work with the energy consciously and to, you know, ask for it to be in the most grace-filled way. And then this practice feels like we'll also get information like through your astrology and through your records of what is the best practice for me to do for 12 days? Like, that is something I'm really excited about for myself. I'm excited to do your reading and to work with, you know, whoever has signed up to create this practice because yeah, we're really, we're really shifting and moving and that it'll set us up for 2021, uh, you know, in the best way we can. Yeah. It's going to be beautiful and it's exciting and hold a lot of space for this. Be open, be curious. I, I wrote down something here found it. Um, six things that keep us in the position of victim, in victim energy, that th there's six items, six ways we get in our own way from shifting. Hide, deny, escape, reject, delude, disconnect. Ooh, those are good. I'll be writing those down. <laughs> If any of those are coming up, yeah, that is how we end up in that victim place on the drama triangle. Mm -hmm. And no, don't be there. Yeah. Get off the same triangle. Right. Because, yeah, we're really good. And we, like, as humans, are really good about, yeah, like spinning ourselves and going through all, all of those six things you mentioned. Like, yeah, we're really good at it as humans. Like it's, you know, but when we can bring awareness to it of like, oh yeah, oh, yep, I'm doing that. Like there's an illusion right there or there's like that, you know, escapism that when we bring attention to it, then we can shift it. So I love that. You'll have to send me that list because <laughs> I will, I will send that right over to you. Maybe, Maybe I'll dive it into that. Any description of the various places this will end up. <laughs> totally. Is there anything else that we want to just wrap up? I think we, I mean, we touched on a ton. Now I know why we had to talk and do this little thing because there's so much happening. Um, but just in case there's any last. There's just that piece um, that there are people that are awake and out of bed already, ready to go eat breakfast. 
there are people that are just waking up and they're, they're doing the stretch and they're making sure all their body parts are still attached. <laughs> their eyes are maybe a little dry. They need a drink of water. Um, and then there are the people that are still asleep. All of this is the spectrum of what is normal and what is real. This is, this is a call to greater consciousness. How do we move from sleep to awakening to being awake? Yeah. Yeah. And that piece of everyone's on their own journey, right? And there's no better or worse. And you can't worry about someone else's, like, you can't go looking around like, oh, so-and-so's asleep. So-and-so just, like, when we worry about ourselves and where we're at, that ripples out. And so that feels like a message that's been coming up in a lot of different ways and a lot of different things I've been listening to or talking to is like really going back to self. Like we are the only thing we really need to worry about, right? Not that we're not going to love people and care for people and be in relationship with people, but if we can primarily take care of ourselves and, you know, accept where we're at and work through our own things and hold ourselves and all of that, that, yeah, everything else will ripple out and be easier in our lives when we can like focus on ourselves and yeah, wherever we're at is perfect. Show up as our best selves and understand that sometimes our best self may be having the courage to say, I really don't know. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Um, those are our best selves. Mm-hmm. Our best self is never dug in. Our best self is full of curiosity. Our best self is willing to not know. Our best self. Just, yeah, doing our best. Is stumbling around and holding out our hands to find other people to hold our hands. Yeah. Totally. So the whole spectrum is normal. The more people we have moving into awakening, the more people we have getting out of bed, getting ready for breakfast this is gonna be yeah because the more people we'll have to like hang out with and salsa dance with <laughs> this is way more fun when there's a crew there to salsa dance with. Yeah. like I don't want to just be waking up every morning having breakfast by myself like <laughs> let's go people no. <laughs> just kidding all in your own time <laughs> we are here we both have individual programs and we both we have group programs that we run together um so we'll drop those links in the description and thank you all. I do know we probably will have a Capricorn podcast coming out yeah. soon. Oh yeah. So much is shifting and happening that like, yes, there will be a podcast probably the end of December. I'm feeling. We could talk for a very long time. Oh yeah. We can talk a lot. <laughs> all right. Love to everyone and um, happy Merry conjunction. Yeah. Love it. Happy conjunction. Thank you so much for joining us on our explorations and meanderings today. If you have any interest at all in working with either or both of us, you can contact me at aebodyalchemy.com or Alexis 
at alexisbolvin.com. And if you'd like to work with both of us together, some of our upcoming offerings are Sensual Sisterhood, which will be launching in January of 2021, um, as well as our Awakening Workshops, which will be happening in the spring of 2021. Fabulous. We hope to see you again soon or maybe get the pleasure of working with you and sitting in circle with you. Until next time.